This is Father John Boyle, thanking you for checking in on my homilies podcast. A special thank you to those who have sent donations to my parish. You have really made a difference. If you find these homilies helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you would like to support my parish, you can mail a check payable to Our Lady of Perpetual Help Catholic Church at 1025 North 19th Street, Cottage Grove, Oregon, 97424, or click on the link in this podcast description or go to olphcg.net forward slash donate. Feel free to let me know what you think about the content of this podcast by sending an email to pastor at olphcg.net. Above all, please pray for me and for my parish, and be assured of my prayers for you. Uh, Never missing a marketing opportunity. The stores are full of cards and gifts for what the world calls Valentine's Day. Um, but which we should always refer to as St. Valentine's Day. And uh, we have to confess to knowing very little about St. Valentine. In fact, uh, the Roman martyrology for tomorrow commemorates two Saints Valentine, one a priest and martyr in Rome, and the other a bishop and martyr in Terni, another part of Italy. The one we seem to honour principally liturgically today seems to be the one who is the priest and martyr of 3rd century Rome. However little is known about him, we can rely on the fact that his veneration goes back to antiquity, so the veneration of the long-standing veneration of our ancestors in the faith. He is said to have died in the year 269, and his feast day was established by Pope Gelasius I in the year 469. Now, it might take a little while for a feast to be established, so it's certainly evident that his veneration was prevalent in the church even before the establishment of the feast. And that feast remained in the universal calendar of the Roman Catholic Church since it was established in 469, Right until, as it happens, just uh, 1,500 years later, uh, with the uh, revision of the liturgy in 1969, when uh, his feast was removed from the universal calendar. So he doesn't get a mention, really, uh, in, the, in the new liturgy. But he continues to be commemorated in those places where the traditional Latin Mass is offered. So tomorrow night, at Mass here, um, St. Valentine will be commemorated. From the 13th century golden legend of Jacobus de Voragine, we learn that the name Valentine, in Latin Valentinus, is made up of valorem, something of value, and tenens, holding. And thus Valentine is one who held on to something of great value, who persevered in holiness. He was a valiant soldier for Christ, who never fell in battle by rejecting martyrdom, who fought bravely by combating idolatry, and defended his faith by confessing it. According to a common account of his life, St. Valentine had been placed under house arrest for refusing to acknowledge the emperors as gods, referring to them as, quote, wretched human beings full of uncleannesses. We could apply that to each one of us, but anyone who assumes to be worshipped as a god is certainly very wretched indeed. St. Valentine told the Emperor Claudius, truly Christ alone is God. If you believe in him, 
your soul will be saved, the empire will prosper, and you will be granted victory over all your enemies. And the judge Asterius, in whose home Valentine was being held under house arrest, put him to the test, bringing to him his daughter, who was blind. And he said to St. Valentine, If Christ, whom you claim is the light of the world, gives sight to my daughter, I will do whatever you tell me to do. So Valentine laid his hands on the girl and prayed over her. And of course, guess what happened? Her sight was uh, given to her, was restored to her. And the whole household, family and servants, is said that there were maybe 40 to 50 people in that household. They were all converted to the faith. And of course, Valentine Asterius released uh, Valentine from house arrest. St. Valentine continued to help the persecuted Christians. In particular, he was again arrested and imprisoned for witnessing the marriages of Christian couples, which was strictly forbidden under the uh, imperial uh, law edicts. And so maybe that's why he's a patron saint of those who are lovers, those who are courting, those who are preparing uh, for marriage. When he tried to convert the emperor, he was condemned to death, being beaten with clubs and stones, and finally he was beheaded in the year 269. We read at the beginning of the Gospel today that Jesus came down with the Twelve. Well, if you back up a bit, you find out where he had been. He had spent the night in prayer. In the morning, he called his disciples. Who, who, how many of disciples? We don't know. Were they the 72 or were there a larger number? We don't know. But from those disciples, that large group of disciples, he called 12 apostles. And in the verses before the gospel that we have read today, the names of those apostles are given. And it was in the midst of wondrous works. Again, there are some verses missing from the gospel today between the, the beginning and the, and the account of the Beatitudes. What was our Lord doing? He was doing wondrous works. People were coming to hear him teach. They were coming to be healed of their diseases. They were coming to be cured of unclean spirits that were troubling them. People would want to touch him because power was coming out of him and healing everyone. And, and it was in, within with all that happening that Jesus raised his eyes to his disciples, not to the vast crowd of people that we hear came from Judea and Jerusalem and from the coastal towns of Tyre and Sidon, but to his disciples, and he said to, uh, amongst whom were the apostles, and it was to them that he taught them this blessed way of life, the way of poverty, of hunger, of sorrow of detachment from this world with our hopes placed in heaven rather than this earth doesn't St. Paul tell us as we heard today that how wretched we are if we simply place our hope in the things of this world that we are made for an eternal life and the resurrection of the dead we hear so much today about the science don't we trust the science they say but we know that science is not something stable. Science is on a journey. Science is something that investigates. Its proofs are always susceptible to error and to revision. But this is not so with Christ. This is not so with truth. Truth stands firm. Truth 
is that v- valuable thing, that thing of value that we wish to hold on to. Truth is the same yesterday, today and forever. And of course, it is Jesus Christ who is the truth and who is the one who is the same yesterday, today and forever. Ultimately, like St. Valentine, we should count ourselves blessed when, as Jesus teaches us in the Gospel today, men hate us on account of the Son of Man. When we too, valorem tenemus, when we are valorem tenens, when we are holding on firmly to what is the greatest value, our faith in Jesus Christ and all he teaches, including, as it happens, about holy courtship chaste engagement, holy matrimony, for which St. Valentine shed his blood. We heard from the prophet Jeremiah today as well, and how he experienced this in his prophetic ministry, and how he warned against placing our trust in human beings. And he proclaimed, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Like St. Valentine, when the heat of persecution comes, Jeremiah feared not, but he bore fruit. May we too, with the help of St. Valentine, uh, fear not the heat of persecution or opposition, but be firmly holding on to that thing of great value, the pearl of great price, which is our faith in Jesus Christ and all that he and his church teaches.